Hello, and thanks for joining us in The Measure Pod, a podcast for people in the analytics world. Welcome to episode number 31. I'm Dara, I'm MD at Measure Lab, and I'm joined as always by Dan, an analytics consultant also at Measure Lab. Hey Dan, what's new in the world of analytics? Hey Dara, there's been a, a bit of a shake up in GA4 actually. So first of all, the less significant one is they launched a new homepage. So Whoop, whoop. They've got a new homepage, which is great. It adds an extra click to get to where you need to go now, but we'll see how that goes. But more importantly, they uh, released a bunch of new UTMs, and this is the first time in about 15 years that they've done this. I wouldn't say a release or a launch, but we found it in the documentation and it circulated on the uh, the forums. They've actually released a couple of UTMs, UTM source platform, UTM creative format, and UTM marketing tactic. All of these things we've never seen before. So it'll be interesting to see how these get used and adopted across campaigns in the future. Big change. Uh, I, I think UTMs are one of the staples of, of GA. Yeah, I was a bit rocked when I realized this is actually changing. All right. Thanks, Dan. This week, we are joined by an external guest, and that external guest is Kelvin Newman. So firstly, welcome to The Measure Pod, Kelvin. Hi. Yeah. And thanks for having me. And hello for everyone who's listening along today. Very, very happy to have you. Kelvin, you and I have known each other a little while. So we're going to talk to you about what you're probably best known for, which is the, the Brighton SEO conference. And we're probably going to come at it a lot from the from the Measure Fest angle, being an analytics podcast. But just for our listeners, usually what we do at this point is we ask people how they got into analytics because it's usually a little bit of a strange, meandering story. But for you, we'll probably broaden that out and just ask you how you got into digital marketing. Yeah, so my first job um, out of university was working for a magazine publishing company that was then known as EMAP, been for a few changes, but used to work on magazines. Most of them are folded now in the way that kind of magazines have. So Arena, which was one of the, the most famous men's uh, mags, but also kind of Kerrang, Mojo, Q and, and various other magazines um, like that. And yeah, as I was in the office, very boring job, to be completely honest, and was helping them with various bits of admin really uh, but at that point in time they were beginning their process of they, they had websites and had some kind of online presence for a period of time uh, but were starting to take it a bit more seriously i happened to be on the desk next to the team who were doing a big redesign of fhm at the time and zoo magazine as well and in the process of like merely being sat next to the the people who were doing it offered to write a bit of content for their website really mainly because all the real journalists didn't actually want to at that point in time this wasn't actually that long ago really in the scheme of things but even so in this kind of period where uh, very much the online version of the magazine was very much look, looked down upon a bit by the rest of the team offered to do a bit of kind of blogging which was kind of the fashionable thing to be doing at that point in time and in the process of writing a few kind of tech bloggy pieces for them discovered and started to look into the ways in which I could attract more traffic to the website. Coincidentally, at this point in time, also, I was living in Brighton and commuting to London and keen to stop doing that at that point in time as well. Starting to, you know, look into and understand and think about um, traffic generation and ways of getting attention online, um, looking to move, to stop working in London and working in Brighton, came across SEO, which felt like quite a nice mix between you know, some of my kind of interest in writing and journalism and all of that sort of stuff but also it was quite technical as well brighton is a real has been and continues to be a real hot spot for digital marketing but particularly seo in the early days so um, there was this hot spot of seo firms in brighton um, so i joined up to one of those site visibility as an seo trainee and yeah sort of started the process of getting involved in marketing but particularly seo 
And yeah, as always with all of these kind of marketing disciplines, it overlaps and connects to all of these different different disciplines. So I found myself in this situation of starting to organize some meetups of people who worked in SEO. And each time we did it, more people wanted to show up. So eventually it became a very big, like informal meetup that then became a conference, became a trade show, and then became the world's largest conference, especially in search marketing. Uh, but we all know that nothing fits neatly into a silo. It's not just one discipline that exists in complete isolation um, from everything else. So when you get two and a half thousand, three thousand people together who are interested in SEO, a lot of them also are interested in web analytics. They're also interested in paid social advertising. They're interested in paid search advertising. So increasingly, we're finding ways within the program to help those people get together, meet and learn, because already quite a few of those people are already going to be in Brighton twice a year looking to learn and meet people. And that's where MeasureFest, online PR show, and all these kind of fringe events, as we call them, spun out from that. They've been in London at various points in time as well, but now they've all come as these sort of additional days that we have to get together, meet and learn for people who are interested in all these kind of related marketing disciplines. So Kelvin, I, I mentioned at the beginning that, that you and I go back a little way. So when I first met you, I was a fresh egg and I got involved in running GA training at Brighton SEO and spoke there a couple of times as well. But was something I'd forgotten, which Dan reminded me of, and it was Mark that reminded Dan, that I spoke at the first Measure Fest, which I knew I'd spoken at it, but I didn't actually recollect that it was the first one. And I think also we had spoken to you beforehand because I think you were looking to gather a bit of bit of market research and you spoke to some people in the analytics space and we actually I think had a chat over a beer Mark myself you and a couple of other people before that event started and then when that happened correct me if I'm wrong I think it was October 2013 so Measure Lab had only just started as a company so in a way that first Measure Fest was actually our kind of first chance as a company to get out there and speak about analytics under the name Measure Lab. I'm saying all this like I remember it, but I had to be told that this happened. So I don't know. Maybe you don't remember this either. It, well, it, it's funny with a lot of these kind of like, yeah, it's amazing how the time flies and so much is going on in the world, particularly when you're running your own business, isn't there? It's very easy to forget sometimes these kind of landmarks or moments in the development of what you've been working on. Definitely. And I think that in terms of framing it, that I think with the main Brighton SEO event, I, I don't know if you still use this caption, but you had something along the lines of, you know, started in a pub and 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 the fact that that's a true story and i don't know how many people were at the first one probably like five or six and now it's into the thousands it must be quite a nice feeling to step back and reflect on that every now and again and look at how big it's become yeah i mean i think it's always in a lot of marketing it's never a a bad thing to have a story that tells your community or your customers how and why you came to be if you were intending to create an event that had a community aspect and feel, there's probably some decisions you'd make early on to try and do that. I'd like to pretend we came in with this hugely sophisticated plan, which is like, well, year one, we will do this in order to ferment this kind of attitude rather than it happened organically and mostly by luck and chance. But now that it's happened, we certainly lay it on a bit thick with this kind of like origin story of, yeah, we were a, a meetup in a pub and it was everyone coming together. Whereas now it's like, yeah, it is quite a serious organize you know you know undertaking people coming from in pre-covid times um, about 50 countries but you know it's amazing how some of the decisions you make early in a business can continue to feed through and inform things you do even later down the line when there's many more people involved or lots will change but there's i think there's always some kind of dna stuff that those early decisions you make can have quite a big impact down the line i think that kind of starting in the pub for us is a big part of that 
And do you think you've stuck to that, would you say? I mean, this is probably a big a big question, but do you think you've stuck to what you originally set out? Obviously, it's at a much bigger scale now, but do you think those kind of core tenants of what you wanted it to be at the beginning, do you feel like you still have that or have you had to compromise a lot over the years as it's grown? We've always had the intention that we want to reach as many people as possible. And that's been part of our guiding principle as much as anything. There are a lot of amazing events out there which have continued to be quite small scale. And that, that's a big part of their appeal. It's a big part of their success. And it's a big part of what makes them a lovely event to attend as a participant in them. We still want our events to achieve all of those things, but we've also had the intention that part of my motivation is that I want to help as many people as possible in the industry, develop, learn, meet, feel confident in what they're doing. A big part of that has been, I want to reach as many people as we possibly can to do that. And there's lots of decisions that we've made along the way that have had that intention Sometimes these kind of things, they're, they're not either ors. And some of this is motivated by my huge, fragile ego as well. Like I want it to be as big as it, as it possibly can be. But yeah, certainly we've made some decisions along the way where we want it to be a big gathering of a lot of people to do that. And there are things that you would do as a consequence of that that you wouldn't do if it was still 25 people meeting in a room in a pub or 100 people in a, a smaller scale event that, that people can do. I think there's pros and cons to that. And I'm sure there are you know people who would have on a similar journey would have made different decisions that they, they've they made. But I find it hugely gratifying the number of people who have got stories, you know, where they met a future business partner in the pub, a Brighton SEO after party, or they were doing SEO, came to a GA course and are now an analytics expert. There's all kinds of elements of where these kind of, you know, sparks are things that have gone on to have an influence on people's lives. And some of it's quite personal development stuff as well. We try to and encourage new speakers um, and we try and help people through that process of doing that. And that's hugely gratifying as well. And some of it's down to our business model as well and how we operate. But there are, for other events and with different business models, they're sometimes incentivized or encouraged to always have similar speakers or established speakers because they're perhaps trying to sell tickets or try to encourage registrations. Because our events, it's flipped a bit. People are booking to attend the event without even seeing the speaking lineup. Now, obviously, we need to do a really good job with the speaking lineup because if they come and, and the speakers are terrible, that's a bad experience for them. That's a bad experience for us. But it does allow us to take a slightly different approach to who we're selecting and programming, which, again, is great because we've got people who have never spoken before at a major conference who will be standing up in front of 1,800 people in a couple of weeks' time as a thing for a person to do working in a space that sometimes can be quite isolated, particularly in the last two years. You might be spending a lot of your time working in your kitchen on the table, and that can feel kind of odd. But then to go and see, actually, I have this experience, this expertise, and lots of people want to hear about that, could be hugely motivating for people. I get that. I get that fully. And lapping up the opportunity to speak at these events, it's almost like pushing yourself out of your comfort zone. So it's a really good forum and a really good place to do that, especially that it's supported. And it's not just the same people every time or the same subjects every time. And Dario, you had a bit of a public speaking gig, I suppose, before, but this, this uh, going up in front of a, an analytics conference, is that the first time you said on the first Measure Fest? Was that the first time you was out with, with your people, quote unquote? And do you even remember what it was about? Well, I, I was just thinking when I was listening to Calvin, I, I was actually thinking back and thinking that, that what he was saying relates exactly to what my kind of journey was. So I first attended Brighton SEO as someone fairly new to, to the kind of SEO world. And I went and, and learned loads and I went and I remember like writing tons of stuff down and I remember thinking it was brilliant and it was a really good learning experience. And then, I don't know, maybe a year later, maybe 18 months later, I went and spoke at it. And it was my first time speaking at a conference and it was, it was terrifying, but also exhilarating. There was such a buzz from it. It was so much of a build up, and it was like a pretty tense build up, and running it through over and over in my head. 
head. But then when I did it, it, it was absolutely brilliant, like such an amazing feeling. So I went through that journey at Brighton SEO. So to answer your question, Dan, MeasureFest, that was probably the first time I spoke at an analytics focused event. The previous speaking I'd done was all at kind of broader digital marketing events, being the analytics guy speaking at them. So suddenly to be standing up, maybe speaking uh, where you're not introducing people to things, but you're actually speaking to, to people who probably know it already. So that was a bit daunting, but also a great experience because of the fact that it was a group of like-minded people. It meant that you were in, in a way, you know, speaking to peers uh, and there was really good feedback from it afterwards. And it was, it was really good. So yeah, I love that. I lo loved what you were saying, Calvin, about how it's a conference that actually gives people a chance to, you, you can go to it at different phases in your career. You can go to it when you're absolutely like a sponge and trying to soak up as much knowledge as you can. You can go to it as somebody a bit more experienced um, and maybe network. And then you can go to it as somebody who jumps in the deep end and gets up and speaks in front of hundreds or or even thousands of people. Then when you've been to it lots of times, you get the, the joy of kind of going back and then you know lots of people there and you meet up with people and it becomes a very big kind of social event as well. Like you mentioned about the after parties and that's where sometimes deals get done or jobs get offered or businesses get started. Um, so there's that whole kind of social element and Brighton really comes alive when, when Brighton SEO is on. Well, I think it, for anyone who's working in a space that like is changing, emerging, or even established spaces, if you're working agency side or in-house or as a freelancer, there's lots of what ways in which you can develop your skill set. And you can be very inward facing in that. And that, that's an absolutely fine decision to make. And it works really, really well for lots of people. But for some people, they've benefited from learning from their peers. I learned from people in the space. So I want to help other people as well. And that can be podcasts. Podcasts are a great way of doing that. That can be writing blog posts. It could be contributing to forums or slacks or whatever it is that you've got the space. But yeah, events are a good one for that as well, because it is a very, there is something to be said for being in a room with people who have a similar interest to you. And yeah, like I'm a big fan of events as a concept, but you can do that in many different ways if nothing fills you with more dread than standing up um, with some slides behind you. And there's lots of ways you can achieve similar things in similar ways. But I'm also a big fan of that. Taking your thoughts that you've got and putting them together and presenting them in a 10, 15, 20 minute, half hour format. I think that's a really useful process for people to go through to try and understand a topic um, and think about how you can communicate and present that to to an audience. I was at the last Brighton SEO just at the back end of last year and it was really nice like you said being in a room with other people and there's that energy that you get from everyone else that's doing it and keeping things short and sweet and then having the questions afterwards and being able to chat to these people afterwards as well as all the the fun stuff that Brighton SEO has nowadays. But I suppose the inevitable question is, is that it felt fresh and almost special because it was the first one back after the COVID uh, lockdown. Mm. So this was the first real life meetup in what, two years? So again, the dreaded question, how's that been for Brighton SEO, Measure Fest and the Fringe events? How has COVID played a part and how is it coming back into the IRL space. Yeah, I mean, it's a really interesting sort of way it's influenced the sector. So yeah, we couldn't do events for two years. So we did our event in September 2019. We're in full flight and full flow to be doing our April 2020 event, which was on track to be significantly larger and the biggest we ever had done and yeah about six to eight weeks out from that it became quite apparent that we might need to make some changes to the format or at least that covid may well have had an impact on that event we were beginning to understand that and we made the decision that 
at the time felt quite significant. So we decided to cancel that April Brighton SEO the same day that Premier League stopped playing their games. There was about 48 hours or so of where everything was like, oh, yes, this may well happen. And then lots of things got cancelled and then stuff got announced after that. So we wouldn't have been able to have hosted the event for all kinds of reasons, as you would expect. And yeah, over that two-year period, we've experimented. We've had online events. A lot of that's going to continue to inform what we do going forward. So there were a number of online events that we hosted over the the lockdown periods and then the coming out of those lockdown periods. And that was hugely interesting because particularly the Brighton SEO element of the the event, we sell tickets for it, but a lot of the tickets are a ballot that are distributed um, to people who enter the ballot. And huge proportions, like I think like less than 20% of the people who apply for tickets get a free ticket. So there's a huge number of people who would like to attend the event, but are unable to. And for a long time, we just saw that as a great bit of marketing, right? It was just a kind of, hey, look, it's sold out in a period of time. We've got this huge demand, but and that was all great. But what we hadn't really realised is like, if you're taking our intention, which is to help people learn in the space, that was a huge missed opportunity, right? For all these people who were further afield who might be in a different country who it might not be economical to attend or might not be able to attend because they're not able to get childcare, might not be able to attend because they're not comfortable going to large-scale events, you know, even before uh, COVID. So we're continuing to have an online element to our events. We've concentrated the whole way through on it being content-led because we always felt it was tricky for online events to replicate some aspects of the in-person event, which I think other people have tried to do different ways and had differing degrees of success in that. We were like financially able to make our way through it because our great audience, many of them let us roll tickets forwards. Lots of our venues and suppliers were hugely supportive. So like the Brighton Centre, lots of events organisers in those early days had to pay fees for events that didn't occur. But we were able to get through that and our sponsors have continued to want to speak to our audience. So that's worked well. So yeah, September was really interesting. It was a really challenging one to arrange because the parameters about what an event would be in that scenario were quite flexible like we weren't even sure that even with four weeks out it wasn't any degree of certainty that we were going to be able to go ahead or not Um, so that was entirely done on like we did it on you had to have a negative lateral flow test at that point in time we could have got away with just like government policy wise in terms of it being just double vaxxed but we wanted to make it as secure as possible and then actually it was very normal so yeah i'm glad we did september because if we'd have not done it there are a lot of events that i know who maybe only do annual events and some of them haven't done events for two and a half years and you don't get out of the practice of doing it because you've been doing a bunch of other stuff and you don't just forget how to do it but having done an event in the new normal for want of a better description it feels we're surprisingly confident in what we're doing and what we need to do and responding to that this time around so yeah it's good to be back in that sense we've changed the format slightly so historically the fringe events so measure fest online pr show and we, we have other ones as well they would have taken place on the thursday and then we have the main brighton SEO on the friday and Last September, and this was partially motivated by COVID, well, we were planning to do it anyway, but we went ahead with it partially motivated by COVID, was we split to over two days. Rather than two days, it became three days. So the fringes were on the Wednesday and then two days of the main Brighton SEA conference. So taken together, like that's allowed us to actually increase the capacity of the event as a whole, which is quite nice to do. But any of you who have been in the event on the Friday, it can be quite busy. So like actually it's allowed us to like spread the attendance over a couple of days and yeah we're planning over time to ramp that back up um but at the moment it's like the total numbers of people will be more but it might not be quite as hectic
dick as it was before. And actually, that makes a lot of sense, to be honest, because like I say, the people who are travelling, people flying for 12 hours to come to an event that lasts six hours, it's good to have the option that there's a bit more going on there than that. You start selling your camping tickets on the beach next time. Have it as a festival mode. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I tell you, surprisingly, so the marathon was on the same weekend in September, which had like moved. And it's the same weekend in April. So when we are on the same weekend as the marathon, it gets really quite interesting on the hotels. Everyone wants to stay till Saturday morning for Brighton SEO. But everyone from a lot of people on the marathon want to check in on Friday night. And it kind of ends up this... You know, particularly when you've got like, you know, pricing algorithms at play. Something I wanted to ask you on the fringe events, Gavin, because you said earlier about like key decisions you've made along the way. That seems like it must have been a big one when you decided to split out the, the, the fringe events. So what was the kind of motivation for that? Did you have to wait for a certain point where you felt like there was enough people looking for those specialist events or did you just think of it as an experiment and 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 think well if it doesn't work i'll roll them back in but also then how soon did you know that it was going to be a success and it would be something that you'd continue on as opposed to just having it as like maybe a one-off fringe event but then actually sticking Mm -hmm. to the main brighton seo so mr fest is an interesting one because one of the older ones so content marketing show was the first one we launched which we subsequently sold to um content marketing institute but yeah mr fest is one so it was in london was free originally so that originally the plan with MeasureFest was could we do a Brighton SEO web analytics like a free 2000 attendee in and the plan was originally in London and then it's shifted over time and like what we found is is that when we did those events and that was the original intention which is how can we do a Brighton SEO of connected disciplines same format free to attend sponsor funded a little bit of ticket sales we found is a lot of the people initially at least or at least to make it viable at that sort of scale we're going to need to be the same people, right? So it's like, yes, there is a, there is a definitely a significant audience of people who are interested only in web analytics. But I didn't feel at that point in time, at least, that it wasn't, it wasn't of the same scale and separate and discrete from the people who are attending Brighton SEO. So we went, well, actually, let's just bring it into the event anyway, because if people are already coming there, they're doing that. So there's that element of it. It maybe is a bit different now in web analytics. Maybe now it could be in a slightly different format. But it's almost like we have a day of specialisms and a day of, well, two days of generalisms, if you see what I mean. If you want something super intense and very narrow, you can do a training course and there'll be 15 to 20 people in a room in that kind of teacher-student relationship if that's maybe not right you're more of an intermediate attendee you can do your fringe so there you're getting your 12 talks 20 minutes each giving you your whistle stop tour of that subject and that's probably best if you're you're not like new to it but you're not equally it's maybe a big part of your job but not you're not necessarily a speaker, if you know what I mean. It's not necessarily pitched necessarily at the speakers. Then we've got the two days of the general, which has got a bit of catch-all, bit of everything. As a web analyst, there might be six talks over the two days, which are primed onto you. But hopefully there's another few that would connect to you in different ways. So you might go, I'll check out the e-commerce one. It's not about analytics, but I'm interested in that topic. Or here's an international one. It allows you to pick and change from that. Yeah, it makes sense. And what about, and, and I know you probably won't want to give away any concrete plans, but roughly what do you see the vision for it being? Is it just about what you said earlier about you want to reach as many people as possible, so you'll keep trying to scale it as much as you as you can? Or are there any other plans for it that you could share with us? The fringes is a really interesting model for us. There's a load of kind of either topics where there are other events occurring already or not being covered in the space that would benefit of being part of a bigger thing. So we might do some stuff around marketplaces. MeasureFest at the moment is 
web analytics and CRO, there is an overlap between them, but they're probably subjects in their own right that you could you know, differentiate on that kind of basis. So I'm certainly expecting more around that in terms of how do we narrow the topics that make it more in-depth for those people there as well. And just more things going on. One that's been on the to-do list for a long time, but like we've never quite felt we've had the right approach to it is awards and recognition of quality. There's a lot around how I think awards do some really interesting stuff in terms of identifying companies that are doing well and projects that are like worthy of inspiration. But at the moment, perhaps a bit too focused around the business model of selling expensive dinners. And I know that the judging that goes on, the work that goes into it is actually quite serious, but it's kind of like, but you never really know why they won. And I think that that's on my list of something I'd like to solve, which is kind of like, well, how do you celebrate excellence in some way, shape or form? We just want to keep finding reasons for people to stay a bit longer in Brighton as well. So I think I'd love to go, well, could we have a food festival bit to it? Could we have a film festival bit of it? Could we have a music festival? I just think there are additional things that could go on. If you've got potentially 5,000 really interesting people coming to a city already, what can you do to make their time there even more memorable and want them to come back? And as an individual, like it's lovely if you're able to do a thing that's kind of like motivated by work but you're able to get some personal value out of that. We've all done those work trips where you've been there only because you've had to for work reasons. And it'd be nice to go, well, how can we make the people who are travelling feel that they're getting a load more from it than just that work? That's that's the challenge we've got to try and solve. But if you are doing it, well, how do you make it so it's not just you did it in a hotel where someone could have done it over Zoom? That That's what I want to do. You, you didn't go to the event and go, I should have just watched the video. That's what an event's got to do well. To go, well, why didn't I just watch the the slide share afterwards. Well, this upcoming one in April is going to be a first for me because it's the first time I'm actually going to be traveling into Brighton for it because I moved out of Brighton about 18 months ago. So I'm going to get to experience it as, as one of those people who, admittedly, I'm not traveling very far. I'm about 45 minutes. I'm still in East Sussex, um, but I'm about 45 minutes from Brighton. So I'm going to have to travel. I'm going to travel into Brighton for, for Brighton SEO. I've become associated with the city by virtue of like of what we do. And I'll often get people kind of going, oh, so what pub or club, club, you know, like, well, already I'm a middle-aged man. So already you don't want my recommendations on where's a good place to go drinking. But it's like, I can tell you what was good 10 to 15 years ago when I lived in Central Brighton. But now it's like, yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm perhaps not the, the best guide on. Um, I can tell you what his name was two, two names ago on that, on that bar or club. We've all got that, mate. Everything changes so quickly in Brighton that, you know, like three or four names after what it is now. But people still get that. If you'd be like, oh, it's this pub down there. They're like, oh, that was two pubs ago, but I still know what you mean. It, it still works. But the great thing about Brighton as well is there's plenty of, even if you don't remember what the place is called, there's plenty of choice and it. And the conference just spills out, doesn't it? And then obviously like breaks up a little bit into different groups and it has a bit of a life of its own, I think. And the sea as well. It's nice to be able to get a bit of sea air occasionally. Just a bit of a shameless plug time, but this is going to be a first for me as well. So I'm talking at MeasureFest on the 6th of April. I think I'm even opening MeasureFest, uh, the first one back IRL in a while. I'm lo- really looking forward to it, Kelvin. I'm, I'm really looking forward to talking back at something in person. Like I said, I attended the SEO uh, conference in September last year, and it was amazing to get back in the back in with people for real. So I'm very much uh, excited and yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I know Dara, you're coming along and we've got a bit of a cohort from MeasureLab uh, coming along. So it'll be it'll be good fun. But Kelvin, tell us a bit more about the dates and, and the up- upcoming things like obviously 6th of April MeasureFest, but then... Yes, yeah, 6th of April for MeasureFest and then following uh, that is, yeah, Brighton SEO on the 7th and 8th. And there's also online versions of the event as well. So if, if, if we've got people listening in kind of further afield, we replay all of the videos like two weeks later 
later. So it's like the 20th of April for the fringes and the 21st and 22nd of April for the Brighton SEO ones. And the Brighton SEO ones are free to watch online as well. So you can just sign up for those and get access to those. They're, they're free if you watch them live. If you want to watch them like two and a half years in the future, you, you pay a couple of quid for that. Are there still tickets available, Calvin? For those foolish people who haven't got their tickets yet. We always make room for a few more. The, the price goes up at the end of march so we do we do a slight again in the cro amongst us we deliberately put the price up stupidly in the last couple of days i'd like to pretend it was in like crazy cash grabbing way but it's like no everything about our app is easier if people book earlier amazing okay well this is the point in the show where we switch gears and try to pretend we all have very interesting lives outside of work. So, Calvin, you're, you're going to get put on the spot first here because you don't have to answer this question every week. So what have you been doing outside of frantic event planning? What have you been doing to wind down lately? I, I'm heavily, boringly into... I don't know if you've have you ever heard of Zwift. So Zwift is like this online e, e-racing. Cycling thing, is it? Cycling. It's, it's not like Peloton because Peloton's like an online spin class, whereas Zwift is more like, I suppose, Peloton crossed with like I suppose FIFA or something like that where it's like a cycling thing like I've got a proper bike specifically for it called a kicker bike and effectively as you turn the pedals it moves the 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 avatar and it's related to the amount of power that you're able as an individual to produce and the racing scene around it is surprisingly serious and yeah so I'm preparing at the moment for so it's recently been the world championships where various like pro cyclists have competed on the platform and I'm not quite at that tier I'm at a pretty good level but yeah my team are currently there's this I suppose the equivalent of the the Premier League type stuff going on and we're like in the championship at the moment my team we're trying to get like a playoff place next season it's scarily serious the time and effort and mental space that goes into that Okay, okay, so if you're ever on this podcast again, we're going to ask you what you do outside of your day job and your secondary job as a semi-professional Zwift. Yeah, it's the kind of the flexibility of setting your own workouts. It's a bit like, yeah, sometimes my wife's like, so did you do any work today or you're just on the, 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 the glorified <laughs> exercise bike? You know, so yeah, on the bike. The, yeah, yeah on, the, on the glorified, yeah. Um, what about you, Dan? That's a tough act to follow, by the way. So you're under pressure here. I'm not even going to try. I was at a pub. I'm going to say pub again. So <laughs> we do a little uh, get together, monthly get together in Measure Lab nowadays, just because the team's all distributed. We get an excuse to meet and do a little social activity. And this month we did it in Lewis in uh, by a HQ, actually. We had a pub dinner and had a couple of beers and kept it super low key. And it was really nice. I just got I just got too drunk. I can't do this anymore because it ruins like two days now. I just got a bit drunk. How about you, Daryl? What have you been uh, getting up to? I did a, a murder mystery game party. I'm not sure what you'd call it, really. But it was really fun. We dressed up like idiots and somebody was murdered. Nobody was really murdered. And we'd clues to follow and had to figure out who the murderer was. So I, I'd heard about it. I'd know people who'd done them before and always said it was really good. And so I did one at the weekend with my my partner and her family. So we, we had a few drinks, had a good time and yeah, solved a very serious criminal case, fictional criminal case. I'm glad you got to the bottom of it. Oh yeah, definitely. Yes. And I'm not going to say if I was the murderer or not. Innocent until proven guilty. So Kelvin, just before we wrap up, where can people find out more about you? So yeah, if they want to find out more about the events, brightonseo.com is the website for that. And me personally, Twitter's very much my kind of social media platform and home rather than any of the other ones. So yeah, I'm at twitter.com uh, forward slash Kelvin Newman, all one word. And yeah, that'd be great to people to say hello if that's their, their preferred platform. Or, of course, they can 
reach out to you in real life in, in, in April at the event, although you're a busy man. Yeah, I run around trying to look busy. All the team are doing all the hard work. I'm like just mostly getting in the way at that stage. And what about you, Dan? Where can people find out more about you? So LinkedIn's my social platform of choice. So just Google Daniel Perry Reed and find me on LinkedIn. And also my blog. So danalytics.co.uk. Um, all links to all these social things will be in the show notes, of course. And what about you, Dara? Oh, well, I have no events and no blog, but you can find out about me on LinkedIn. Look me up, Dara Fitzgerald. You'll find me and reach out if you want to chat to me. Okay, that's it from us for this week. As always, you can find out more about us and you can find all our previous episodes in the archive over at measurelab.co.uk slash podcast, or you can email us at podcast at measurelab.co.uk or look me or Dan up on LinkedIn if you want to suggest a topic or come and join us on the Measure Pod to discuss that topic with us. Our theme music, you might have noticed, has changed this time around. Our our brand spanking new theme music is by Confidential, spelled the normal way with a C, and links to their Spotify and Instagram will be in the show notes. And if you want to stick around, we'll play the the full track at the end. Otherwise, I've been Dara, joined by Dan, and also this time, Kelvin. So it's a bye from me. And bye from me. And bye from me too. See you next time. Whoops, whoops, rookie mistake. Hang on.